Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to Sportlytics, where sports and politics mix and mingle. I'm Stacey Johnson. Joining me tonight is Aguna. The Nigerian moderate Republican, Keith, the constitutional conservative, Stephen, David from Bird's Eye Government Consulting, and my cousin Todd. Tonight, March Madness is over, and congratulations to the national champions, the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, I ran the nuclear deal. (laughs) I ran the nuclear deal. The Miami Open, Senator Menendez was indicted. The Major League Baseball season begins. Religious freedom law and what do you think should happen? Former New England Patriots trial rests today. Rand Paul announces his run for president and much, much, much more. First up, let's hear a little bit from the Hernandez trial uh, and how they arrested. The defense wrapped its case today in the murder trial of former New England Patriots star Aaron Hernandez. Prosecutors called more than 130 witnesses in the trial. The defense, just three. Here's Michelle Miller. The defendant, Aaron Hernandez, arrests. Lawyers for the former NFL star took one day to try and weaken the prosecution's mostly circumstantial case in the 2013 shooting death of 27-year-old Oden Lloyd. I do. The first defense witness was Dr. David Greenblatt. His testimony was used to bolster the defense theory that one of Aaron Hernandez's two co-defendants, high on PCP, pulled the trigger. The co-defendants face a separate trial and have pleaded not guilty. There was no evidence that was uh, scientifically reliable. With no murder weapon and no eyewitnesses, prosecutors have tried to give the jurors an easy narrative to follow. Last month, the jury heard from Hernandez's fiance, Cheyenne Jenkins. She testified Hernandez texted her to get rid of a box after the murder. It was a cardboard box. And did he indicate to you what was inside the box? No. There was also video from Hernandez's personal security system. It shows him walking around his home just a mile from the crime scene, carrying what's believed to be a gun on the night of the murder. Patriots owner Robert Kraft testified he was so concerned, he personally went to Hernandez when the news broke. He said he was not involved, that he was innocent. The Patriots dropped Hernandez days after he was charged. The jury is set to get the case after closing arguments tomorrow, but Jeff, even if Hernandez is found not guilty, his troubles aren't over. He faces double murder charges in another case that happened a year before Lloyd's death. Michelle Miller tonight. Michelle, thanks very much. David Bird, oh my goodness. I mean, they're saying he is a 23, this is his defense lawyer saying he's a 23-year-old kid who witnessed something, a shocking killing, committed by someone he knew. He didn't know what to do, so he just put one foot in front of the other. This is according to yahoonews.com. You know, is that going to fly with the jurors? No, and um, 
that's okay, Stacey. You don't have to congratulate me for picking Duke as the national champion. We'll get that to that later. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, uh, no, that's not going to fly at all. You know, Aaron Hernandez, you know, he can bring up all the defense witnesses he wants. You know, listen, this is, it's, it's unfortunate, it's terrible, but it's over for this guy. This guy has a great future in front of him, and he literally threw it down the drain. And it's terrible. Aguna, why are these young men, like you said, he's a 23-year-old kid, and now he's going to face, even if he gets off, he's going to face double murder charges right at the east off of this? Yeah, and it's really unfortunate. You know, these guys, you know, sometimes they think they're above the law. I mean, Hernandez has had, you know, Leading up to this, he had several incidents, um, and not, I wouldn't say they're necessarily gang-related, but when you're in a situation where you think you can do no wrong and you can't get past the street mentality, you know, it's it's, uh, it's unfortunate because he had a great opportunity. He had a great career going with the New England Patriots. He had a nice house. You know, his career was right in front of him, and all he had to do was take advantage of that and, and distance himself from this type of activity, and that's, you know, unfortunately, you know, he's going to, and I shouldn't say unfortunately, but because if you do the crime, you got to do the time, but he just got caught up in this lifestyle, and it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to haunt him. And it's so sad, Stephen, that, you know, uh, that Hernandez, like Aguna said, had a great house. You know, he had a $40 million, con- $40 million contract with the Patriots, you know, but the, the the district attorney said to the jurors, ask yourself, what was the purpose in driving to that spot at that time? Meaning, what was the purpose of Hernandez driving to that spot at that time? He was driving. He was the one who veered off the course to go down. There was no other purpose to go down there. Uh, they showed him in his house the videotapes of him carrying a gun around. You know, it doesn't mean it was a gun that, that killed Lloyd, but, you know, why be such a badass and lose it all? Well, he hasn't lost it all yet. I mean, with the court system we have, he could get off from everything. We don't know. We've already convicted him. we put him in jail. We don't know what's going to happen. He could get off here. It's uh, He may have done this stuff, and maybe a lot of us think maybe he did, but he may get off. He's got a lot of money. He's got a, a, a lot of people working for him. So maybe I don't, I don't wait. You, you, we have to wait and find out what's going to happen. We don't know. Okay. Give us a call, 213-943-3655. Once again, that's 213-943-3655. Todd, his girlfriend did not make it to Football Wives. Um, oh she didn't gosh. make it on that show, but she's going to need it because if he gets convicted of not this murder but the other two murders, she's going to need a little money. Cousin Todd... Uh. I don't have any comment for what you just said, but uh, I, I think it's a uh, a shame to throw away your life like Hernandez did over uh, uh, what would seem to me to be ignorant, uh, juvenile, uh, thug life. This way of thinking I don't like you because of something you did to my girlfriend's sister and and all this kind of 
I, I, I just I can't even fathom this idea. And so, you know, when you do these things, and and I hear that that's not the only criminal activity he was involved in. So when when you live this sort of lifestyle, it will catch up to you, which is what is happening now. And there is no way possible that he will get off uh, from these charges. It is evident that he had something to do with it if he didn't do it himself. He was certainly involved in it. And uh, it's just a waste. What a wasted life. Not only for him, but his entire family. Some people yeah, he definitely could have done more than his daughter. Um, mm-hmm. We're we're going to move on. I'm going to save David's, um, you know, prize moment for the last part of the sport. We're going to talk now about Major League Baseball. The season started yesterday, uh, and actually, the baseball, the new baseball commissioner has been doing his rounds on television shows. And what he notices and what some people asked him was that the Major League Baseball takes a notice takes notice of a small percentage of black players in baseball. It still remains low. Um, why do you think that is, Aguna? And why do you think he get, what do you think? Well, he basically said that the recruiting is different. They don't recruit straight into college necessarily with scholarships. In the inner city areas, they don't have baseball fields where kids can practice. Therefore, what's happening is a lot of the African Americans in the inner city are not going into baseball. Would you think that's yeah. a reason? Well, see, so you got to be careful how you phrase this question because, I mean, I think there's still a, a significant amount of minorities in baseball. It's just you know, baseball isn't as popular amongst African Americans. Well, and you're when right. You say I mean, minority. When it comes to the. Are you me? talking about blacks or be specific minorities? You're not talking about blacks. You're talking I, about no. I'm talking Hispanics. about yeah, you, you know, you still have a lot of Hispanics. You still have you know Asians. Sure. So I mean, I think, yeah. I, and I'm not saying it's nearly as diverse as it should be, but it's a supply and demand, and um, you got to look at you know the facilities to have a baseball field. Um, you look at inner cities, and they just African Americans in general. So you know, you look at you know just the feeding. When I say the feeding system into into uh, baseball, baseball is very competitive. In addition to the fact that you know it's not as popular amongst African Americans, um, so you know you got that, that all has to factor into it. Now, has the game is the game better off because of that? You know that's that's debatable, but I think you know I think it is you know very diverse. I mean, in South America and, and in Latin countries in particular, you know, baseball is very popular. In fact. You know, many of the farm leagues are, you know, being um, – many of the farm leagues, you see um, folks from the Dominican Republic, uh, Costa Rica, Nicaragua. So it's just a matter of, you know, do African Americans still have an interest, a uh, high-level interest in, as compared to other sports, such as football, basketball, well, those other sports? Well, of course they do. Well, okay. let's hear of course what, they do. They always did. Let's hear what former President George W. Bush had to say with the new uh, Major League Baseball Commissioner. Thank you all. Yeah, thank you all for coming, Margaret. Thank you for the introduction, Laura. Um, 
kind of reliving the old days, aren't we? Uh, I'm, for a baseball guy, I was going to say a baseball nut, but for a baseball fan, it's a thrill for me to uh, share the stage with the commissioner. Uh, I'm, uh, I really believe the owners made a really wise choice in picking Rob uh, as the new commissioner of baseball. Uh, before we get to the Q&A, I do want to thank Alan Lowe and Amy Polly for uh, setting up this fantastic exhibition. It's, it's great, and I think the people who come are going to be enthralled. Uh, Rob, I'm really glad that you brought Colleen with you, the first lady of baseball. Uh, I am, uh, want to thank our sponsors like Margaret did as well. I do want to give a shout-out to some of the baseball people who are here. Well, Laura and I had a, a glorious time uh, when we were in the game, and we made a lot of good friends, and I'm honored that so, so many came. Uh, a non-current owner, but someone who's got a huge name in baseball, is Peter O'Malley of the L.A. Dodgers. And, Peter, thank you very much for coming. Uh, uh, my longtime friend, mighty Chicago White Sox owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, who's uh, been very instrumental in the development of the game, and we're thrilled you're here, Jerry. Thank you for coming. Of the Atlanta Braves, the great Bill Bartholomew. Bill, thank you for coming. I appreciate you being here. Uh, from the St. Louis Cardinals, as much as I hate to bring them up after Game 6 of the World Series... Uh, Bill and Kathy DeWitt and our relatives who are part owners of the Cardinals, the, uh, Craig and Debbie Stapleton are here. Welcome to the, welcome to Dallas. And of course, the mighty Rangers. Did you grow up as a baseball fan? Grew up as a baseball fan. Um, did you I grew have up a an favorite update. team? I'm sorry? Did you have a favorite team? I did. I grew up a Yankee fan. Um, we had cable television early in upstate New York. <laughs> yeah, good, Rob. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Texas anyway. <laughs> Todd, I heard you talking. I know you found it boring, but I wanted to hear President Bush. You know, I think he was one of our Why? great presidents. So. I think he was one of our okay, great presidents. Well, all right. That. Well, what was his point? What was his point? I, I missed his point. To a new generation of fans. It's a huge challenge for us. Um, young people have so many entertainment alternatives out there. I think that we need to work very hard um, to make sure that what has always been the generational aspect of baseball, fathers to sons, mothers to daughters, continues. Um, secondly, I think we have a challenge in terms of attracting the best athletes to the game. Uh, we need to be more diverse. Uh, we need to work very hard uh, to make sure that we continue to have the kind of athletes like Andrew McCutcheon, um, Clayton Kershaw that we have out uh, out there today. Dallas boy. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. I'm doing better than the Yankees yeah, right now. <laughs> so, and then the third thing, I, I, I think we have to um, adjust to what is a quickly changing media landscape. Um, the way that people consume content is changing very quickly, and I think we're well positioned to do that with MLB Advanced Media, but it is going to be a challenge for us going forward. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure you've analyzed this. Why uh, we don't get more African Americans to play baseball? I think that um, it began with a problem of facilities in the inner city. Uh, you know, baseball is not the easiest game to play. Um, you do need adequate facilities to attract people. And I think uh, the competition from both basketball and football is fierce. Uh, we get hurt because 
for both basketball and football, you have the opportunity to get a full scholarship to college. Uh, parents look at that and they see it as an opportunity. Uh, college baseball is a little different. They don't have the same kind of scholarships available, and I think we get hurt in that space. Instant replay. Okay, that's where I wanted to stop. That's what I wanted to get to. There's a mix of politics and sports. We see President uh, George W. Bush, David Byrd, used to be a baseball team owner, and he went right to the heart of why you don't see more African-Americans in baseball now, and the commissioner said that. But I think he has a good, or do you think he has a good grasp of the problem? But is he prepared, or is the MLB possibly prepared to solve this problem, or do they just understand why there is a problem? Well, I, well, first of all, he, he said the right thing is that Major League Baseball is not getting the elite African-American athletes. That's a fact. And the reason is is because base, baseball is no longer seen as the sexier, quote-unquote, the ball or sport that football right. And basketball are. I mean, that, that's really the bottom line. It's about it's about the headlines. It's about the girls. It's about the money. It's about the sexy, and it's about the toughness. It's about all of that. And baseball is not seen as that. First of all, in the 21st century, unfortunately, baseball is the only major sport out there that's not ruled. You know, we talked about this before. It's not ruled by a clock. And today, in today's fast-paced world, where people are are texting while they're watching a game. You know, they call them uh, 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 second, uh, uh, second videos or second, uh, uh, second screeners. I've heard this term, second screeners, where people are watching the show and they're texting to their friends and Facebook about the show that they're watching. The world is different. People are multitasking. And to uh-huh. sit out and watch a ball game where, you know, uh, uh, there's not even a clock about between pitches of how long a pitcher can pitch a pitcher, how long you can step outside the batter's box. I mean, you know, I, I'll go to a ball game now, Stacey, and I'll fall asleep sitting out there in the sun, relax, and I'll wake up a couple, and it's only an inning or two later. You know, I mean, it's a different ball game, and you're not getting the elite black athlete, what you're, and, and on top of that, what he's really not telling you is there's a whole new dynamic going on where they're bringing in foreign players. They're they're, they're now, now, as I told you, as I told people last week in the discussion, this whole thing about Cuba is driven. Another thing that's driving this Cuba better relations is that these billionaire owners of major league teams want access to this Cuban talent. And they don't have to, well, and, and they're not part of the draft either, like the, like the, the kids are here stateside. So it's, it's, oh, wow. it's going to the highest bidder. So, you, you, you listen, it's going to be a long time. It's going to be a long time. And I don't know if baseball ever recover where they'll get, uh, where, where you'll see the numbers of black athletes start to go back up to what it was. Uh, right now, I think it's 9%. Uh, I think 9% of uh, of, uh, athletes on major league rosters or African-Americans, something like that. It's going to be a long time because people, the, the kids are going for football and they're going for basketball. Baseball is not sexy. Right. And baseball, even, baseball and even well, can I say this? Baseball was sexy yeah, when they did the shutdown on steroids. 
and that's when it became not sexy. Baseball used to be cool because everybody likes the long ball. Everybody liked these guys all jacked up and, and hitting home runs and, and breaking records. Everybody liked that. That was cool, and it's for diversity. And if, if black people don't want to play baseball, they'd rather do other sports. I don't know if it's because it's maybe it's too slow or it's it's, it's too it's not cool or whatever, but people should play whatever they want to play. You know, baseball's uh, if any anybody can play it, anybody any of these sports. So I don't think what do we need the diversity for? We can't make anybody play. You can't go somewhere and say, is it just inner city kids? who could play baseball. There's three kids in really nice neighborhoods of every race that could play baseball. You know, it's just it, maybe he has a point. It is about not being sexy, but it was sexy when the, when the guys were on steroids. And just just like wrestling and football and everything else, that's when that's when it, could, it booms. Yeah, but I, I will I, say this. There's nothing, preventing, there's nothing preventing African-Americans from playing baseball. I mean, back in the day, you know, you had rules and regulations in place that said you could not, you know, African Americans could not be in the major league. Therefore, you had the Negro League, right? So yeah. there, today it's just a more of an interest. Now, should baseball go out there and kind of force the hand? They may, they may, you may want to make the argument that they could possibly invest a little bit more and to have certain MLB facilities accessible to all types of people from all types of way, way of life. But they do have great a lot of inner-city programs, so I would like to see the commissioners playing around investing in programs like the YMCA or whatever to, to promote that type of disexposure. But to Stephen's point, you can't force anyone to play a sport. I mean, what you can do is maybe do a little bit more to expose them to the opportunity to play. But it's not – I don't think it's a question of preventing them from playing. So, Cousin Todd, there was a show called Baseball Lives. Did you know about that? Anyway, um, the, I, I disagree. I think there was um, there was plenty of black people to play baseball. And this is not new, uh, going overseas to get uh, uh, um, Spanish players. They've been doing that ever since my uncles was on the Negro Leagues. And they were doing that then. And they said then and now I played better than all of them but they just weren't uh, hiring Negroes, and they've gone back to doing that. And uh, they were cheaper than the Negroes who were, almost like picking fruit off of trees. Well, that reminds me of, remember I had Manny, remember I had Manny the, the um, I forgot his last name, but Manny, uh, uh, the, the clip of Manny, Manny Russo. Manny who, David? Manny Minuso, who was used to play for the White Sox. For the White Sox, that was good. Um, just real quickly, can you say your favorite uh, baseball teams or your your favorite baseball team, starting with um, Steven? I'll have to go with Washington. The Nationals aren't doing too bad, David Bird. <laughs> the Dodgers are my team. Uh-oh. I like this boy. I like this boy Queens. I like him. His nickname really? is the Wild Horse. Good like yeah, I, am. I like the Phillies. Um, and, and right now, I will say for the record, the Phillies have the same record as the Nats, which the Nats are like you know they um they lost opening day yesterday, but 
I mean, they need to get some offense, but um, they they still have a one in five chance, according to Vegas, of winning the World yeah. Series this year. So, what, 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 but, um, what do y'all have according to Vegas? <laughs> I think it's like a one in one hundred and fifty or one in two hundred or something <laughs> like that. Hey, put some money you, on it. You never know. Just put a little money on it. You just put a little money on it. Oh, yeah, man. might as well. Yeah, yeah there's that, not a chance in hell that the Phillies oh. won the national, the World Series this year. I mean. They may have more wins than the Sixers, though. I may put some money on that. They may have more wins than the Sixers. <laughs> Cousin Todd, favorite baseball team? Uh, Braves. And mine is Todd, the Phillies. you are a traitor. You like the uh, Yeah. You know that by now? Isn't that a – don't they need to change their name, too? Probably. No, their name is fine. I'm not stuck. I'm not married to anybody, so I can float around like that. Well, you claim Azuna and Keith are married to each other some weeks, and then another week they're not. So they can float around. Why can't you? What? <laughs> anyway. American Oxygen, congratulations to the Duke Blue Devils. I can't believe they won. I know David was scared that my prediction was coming true for the end of the game. I was watching it. I knew he was like, oh, Wisconsin's going to make it. More to David. Well, you know, Stacey, I have to tell you, I have and I said this last week. It's not that I was rooting for Duke, not at all. I just believed that Kentucky could not win at all. I, I never believed that. Well, I, I just didn't expect Wisconsin to be the one to beat them. I'll, I'll say that here. I thought Kentucky would get to the final and Duke would beat them in the final. I didn't expect yeah. Wisconsin. I got a newfound respect for Wisconsin by watching that, that, that semifinal game. Uh, but I didn't expect Wisconsin to be able to do it. I'm, I'm not a Duke fan by any means. I just didn't believe that Kentucky could take them. And, you know, how was I to know that Wisconsin would beat them? And then Wisconsin, they played well. But, um, you know, the thing was is that um, they just didn't have it. You know, they went three – I think they went like a three-minute period down toward the end of the game where they didn't have a basket. You can't right. do that. You can't do that in a championship game. And their style of play did not work to their advantage in the last five minutes. That deliberate style, you know, it's unfortunate because that got them to where they are. But when you're playing behind against Duke, you know, when that lead right. went up, to, when that lead went up to six points late in the game, I said, I don't think Wisconsin's going to make it. Right, and they didn't. Yeah, that was a big thing. Go ahead, Aguna. And the scary part about it is, you know, uh, Duke has four freshmen. They have four freshmen on the team, including the Nigerian Jaleel Okafor, who was just, he's 19 years old, 6'11". I mean, mean, you have that type of big guy underneath. You know, Duke, you know, really outpowered them down the stretch, and it was close. And some people may argue that the refs, because there were some questionable calls. Yes, (laughs) they were. Late in the half, especially the ball call, going out of bounds. One call where the ball went out of bounds, and it was clearly off that, that Duke boy. 
Right. They still gave it to Duke. And, I mean, you could see where the ball changed directions, went off his fingers. I mean, I, I think it was a great game. It was, I mean, it was tied at the half. What more could you want out of a Final Four NCAA bracket? Now, I thought Kentucky was going to take it. I thought Kentucky was going to beat Wisconsin and play Duke and beat Duke. But, um, yeah, I mean, um, Kentucky was overpowered by Wisconsin. And, they, I mean, the outside shooters, I mean, from Wisconsin were just, you know, you got a big man. It reminds me of Dirk uh, Nowinski or whatever. You know, have this, this guy, you know, what's his name? I forgot the player from Duke. He can hit the big guy, hit the outside shot. That's not from Duke, excuse me, Wisconsin. But, um, yeah, it was a good game. It was a good game. But, like like David said, down the stretch there, Duke just the bench from Duke. I mean, even next year, I mean, they're going to be tough to beat these guys, man. I mean, I don't know. Uh, What is – is is it still required to stay stay in the league for at least one year or, I mean, to have one year of college? And it's funny you should say that, Azuna, because Claire McCaskill, senator from uh, Missouri – tweeted after the game, congrats to Duke, quote-unquote, congrats to Duke. But I was rooting for a team who had stars that are actually going to college and not just doing a semester tryout for the NBA. <laughs> wow. So basically, you know, Duke has seen, well, this uh, article by CNN.com says, Duke has seen a string of talented players in recent years leave for the NBA after only a brief stint at the university. And, you know, they're trying to say this is what they're doing when you had four of its star freshmen help uh, Duke win this game last night. Most of the the shots that won the game came from freshmen. And like she said, they're probably trying out and and trying out for the NBA. And like you said, Todd, you know, this is a time for those students who do not go to pros to maybe for the NCAAM to consider paying them. Well, here we go again. Anyone can comment on brilliant. that. Brilliant. Well, I, I, think I think it's a brilliant idea. Of course he doesn't. Well, I'm not saying it's not a – I'm just, I'm just asking you to quantify because I understand that some of these, you know, college students, they need – they should have some type of spending money. They should have some something. They shouldn't be, you know, without anything. It shouldn't be, you know, their plan – you know, making millions of dollars for the university, but, you know, they can't afford a DVD player or whatever. I understand that. And there should be some type of healthy medium, but, you know, you start paying, um, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, how much you're going to pay them, how you're going to regulate that. So I think I've already you start, told you. dollars a month. Let's, I said two. Let's start there. And then we can always go up. But you're the so same person who was confused this, on this minimum wage issue. I'm not confused at all on the minimum wage. I think it's a state's rights issue in which the state should decide. There's no confusion right. about that. I just think nope. there's. Well, I think well, there's it some, is a confusion about it when states have never been good to you. States' rights have never worked for you or people that look like you. Oh, really? Mm. So do I live in those states? As an American, I can choose to live in that state or I can choose to leave. And if you want to oh, argue that, that it's up to the I've state got to, to run decide. From state to state. No, no, not at all. But I, but it, it is okay. a matter of allowing the state to decide. I mean, we're this is. I mean, if if the people of uh, South Carolina or whatever southern state you're referencing want to raise the minimum wage, they should put. Um, they should put pressure on their local officials to do so. And that's not a color thing as much as it is a color of money thing. However, if they choose not to, you can leave the state. 
And therefore, right, so the at, economic impact. Okay, all right, sorry. I digress. Just like, when it was getting juicy, Stacy wants to go into something boring. Go on. The coaches of these college basketball teams, and anyone can answer that, like Kentucky's coach John Calipari makes $6.9 million. Duke's coach Mike Krzyzewski makes 6.4. Louisville coach Rick Pitino makes $4.7 million. Kansas coach Bill Self makes $4.7. Um, Michigan wow. State coach Tom Izzo mm-hmm. makes And what's the point of that? And this is from USA and- Today. John Calipari is the highest paid head coach of college football. He's in the SEC conference with $6 million, and they can't give these kids anything. Six mil- I'm in the wrong – $6 million. <laughs> You're in the wrong business. Definitely. Yeah, and That's so, a lot of money, Aguna and they've got money that they could, they they could do something it, with. And they worked for it, so they deserve it, and give the children nothing. So – all right, so a lot of that has to do with um, the alumni paying for these coaches' salaries. I mean, if if you want to put Delicious. some type of Why? stipend in there, well, you have scholarships and other things as well. Now, there may be some argument around medical coverage after college as well as, you know, I, I'm not opposed to any type of stipend for these athletes. It's just, you know, I, my whole question was how much you're saying $200 a month, is that enough? Between and two and four, yes, that's a wonderful start. Between two and four, it's a great start. This is the way it's you start enough. these things. Of course, I agree with Chris. I agree with Chris. Not only a great start, but there's some other things that need to be done yeah. too, Stacey. I mean, for example, why does an athlete have to sit out one year if he transfers from school? They don't make coaches sit out when they transfer teams. That's true. Why should players have to sit out and lose a year of eligibility just because they transferred from school A to school B? Or let's even go further, why should a coach be able to block somebody, a a, a player, which they do have the power to, if a player wants to go to, let's say, Syracuse, why should a coach be able to say, no, you can't go to Syracuse, but I'll let you go to uh, Iowa, or I'll let you go to... UCLA. I mean, those are some of the things that need to be looked at as well. If coaches are training teams, why can't players? Well, now, the players are just pawns on the chessboard. Well, exactly. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or different, but I, I think there's you can look at some of those rules, some of the caveats around transferring, but you can't sit here and say just because the coaches do it, the players should. I mean, I think, you know, it takes a lot to become a head coach at any level sure. in college like football. So you can't just say, well, you, you have to be strategic. Like what, making to... love to other coaches? Yeah, whatever. There you go. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that, that if anybody could do it, everybody would. If anybody could do it, everybody would. And I, a lot of people can be coaches. Well, this wow. is Some people got stronger back. There was thought about this a couple of years ago. What would have happened last night? if the players from one or both teams had decided to sit down and forfeit the game until a couple of issues had been discussed, what would have happened? What do you think would have happened? Let's say if, if the players from, from Kentucky had decided that, you know what, until we get a better stipend, until we're allowed to transfer eligibility or whatever, you know what, we're not coming out of the locker room today. They would have ruined their lives if they did that. 
They wouldn't have any NBA aspirations at all, and there would be pariahs because you can't handle it like that. You, you, you just can't oh, handle sure it that way. Oh, sure no, you can. No, you can't do it like that. I disagree. I think they would have. I think what would have happened is CBS would have forced the university hands because of this billion dollar contract. Right now, right now right. they would have forced it, mm-hmm. and, they, and they would have fixed that issue before it was before the end of the night. Exactly, and you're talking about pittance. You're talking about almost nothing. So these so I agree with the results, moves, but not the actions. I agree with the results, but not the actions. You can't no, do it no, like that. No, no, the actions have There's to be taken. There's too much money involved to, to do everybody wrong like that. There's too many sponsors. Everybody many wrong? Involved. No, we're doing everybody right. No, when that's those, the wrong way to handle it. No, it wasn't. They thought that about it, sitting at the lunch counter getting beat half to death. So no, you've got to take a stand. The general consensus is better than doing something like that because you can hurt your own self. Where, so, Todd, why didn't they do it? Where everybody can come why, down didn't on they? You. why didn't they protest it? Why didn't they? Because they think like you and Stephen. They're scared no, to move. No, no, because they are. Yeah, because they have they have more benefits than you think. Or you, you know, not all yeah. college I'll students are it. the same. That's like I'm saying, just, why didn't slaves do an, any uprising? Because you're they had more You're comparing Jaleel Okafor, who's going to be a millionaire when he goes yeah. to the NBA to a slave. If they're so upset, why don't they just quit the team? They're pretty yes, happy to I'm be on the team to be in the championship games. Uh, yeah, well, okay. That's, they're that's, anybody that's right. who is uh, mistreated just because. These are the rules. That's First unfair. That's, that's, no, that, that does slavery and injustice. Okay, because some of the atrocities committed during slavery, even in the Middle Passage, it fails in comparison to a student at a $50,000 oh, well, year. Oh, if you want to take it literally, uh, have fun with that. <laughs> Nevertheless, I'm sticking <laughs> with my yeah, point. You were trying, Slavery you were was wrong, and giving these children no money is wrong. Uh-huh. Wrong oh is God. wrong. Right. And you okay. disagreeing well. with me is wrong. No, you're talking about you talking about Serena Williams and tennis is wrong. Okay, that, that's wrong. <laughs> Speaking of which, Todd, do you have anything with the Miami Open? Serena won. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a no-brainer there. She has some competition. Go ahead. Anything else? No, nothing else. All right. (laughs) Our, Our thoughts and prayers go out to seven people, including Illinois State University Associate Head Basketball Coach and Deputy Athletics Director, who died in a small plane crash in Illinois this morning while returning home from the NCAA basketball tournament Final Four in Indianapolis. This is according to foxnews.com. The Cessna 414 took off from Indianapolis and crashed just short of the Central Illinois Regional Airport in Bloomington after midnight. Uh, And it wasn't too far away from the actual uh, university where these gentlemen worked. So our thoughts and prayers are going out to them. I know it's really hard, hard for their families. On to more important news. Rand Paul. Let's hear what he has to say. Rand Paul! I have a message. A message. 
message that is loud and clear and does not mince words. We've come to take our country back. We've come to take our country back from the special interests that use Washington as their personal piggy bank. The special interests that are more concerned with their personal welfare than the general welfare. The Washington machine that gobbles up our freedoms and invades every nook and cranny of our lives must be stopped. Like what, abortion, Less than five years ago, marriage. I stood just down the road in my hometown in Bowling Green and said those same words. I wasn't supposed to win. No one thought I would. Some people ask me, then why are you running? The answer is the same now as it was then. I have a vision for America. I want to be part of a return to prosperity a true economic boom that lifts all Americans, a return to a government restrained by the Constitution. And so, Stephen, I want to ask you, well, Rand Paul, why is he running? Is he running to do those things, and will it fit into the American culture as we know it today? Oh, give me a break. (laughs) He's running because he wants to be president. Now, whether or not he can do it, I don't know. I don't know why he had to scream. It, that was kind of weird. The, the the whole thing today was kind of weird. And and going to the day before and saying, I'm going to announce the next day, to me, is just kind of weird. I don't know if he really wants to be president. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I like some of the things he does, some of the things he says, and some of the things I don't, and it may all be rhetoric. At this point, we just don't know. But I'm glad he's... He said he's in. I hope everybody soon says they're in, and we can just figure this thing out. I'll vote for him over whoever runs the Democrat, and I may have to do it begrudgingly, but I may like him after, you know, getting annoyed a little bit. I don't know. Uh, David, well, let me go to Todd. Todd, he said one of the favorite catchphrases that you love, I voted to take this country back. And then he explained um, what he meant by that. Right, right. Now, it wasn't a simple um, thing that you say people mean by that. You mean the truth, what they really mean by that? Is that what you mean, Republican? Yeah, they didn't say that until they got this Negro in office. So they wanted their country back. And so now he wanted to clarify after throwing the red meat out there. I've come to tell you that we want our country back from this Negro sitting up in our White House. But he can't say that and get elected, you see. So we have to say, and what I mean by that is a special interest that I sleep with. (laughs) And I'm going to take a Give me a break. It's like blah, 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 blah. No, it wasn't about Obama being black, man. Of course Listen, not. About it's, about this, it's about this country going so far left. That's what he's talking about. It doesn't have anything to do with color. That's irrelevant. Sure, I know. Nobody cares. He, I know. He, got, uh, he got elected twice. Nobody cares about his race. It's, 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 it's what he's done. He's so far left. 
and you have to admit, you're very far left and you love him. And everybody no, I am who's not. very far left loves him. Yes. That's what it's all anyway. about. He wants to take the country back to the right side, to like almost like Reagan's side. That's what their people are saying. I don't think it's racist, man. To Reagan's side? Do you even know Reagan? He was a criminal. <laughs> well, most anyway, of them are. Um, I'm not going to argue with them. Most, most of them are. Most of them don't do what they're supposed to do. And this one didn't either. He's a criminal. He didn't do, do what he should have done. We need better than that. And maybe Which Rand was what? Paul go to war? You wanted him to go back to war, right? No. I don't ever want to go You wanted him to, to get unemployment down? What did you want him to do? Unemployment's not down. Pass a health care uh, law that lets everybody have the right to health care. What did you want him to do? We don't have health care like that. I'll let you have. think about that for a while. Yeah, you know In what? the meantime, yeah. uh, Rand okay, Paul, some of his... Say, I'm sorry, go Some ahead, finish up. His ideas are good, but go ahead. Finish up, Steve, oh, and then I want on. David Burton to say what he wants to do. Yeah, he wants to change laws that hurt black people from going to jail. Black people uh, unbelievably go to jail more than some white people doing the same thing. That's what, he, that's what he fights for. So why wouldn't you like him for that? Is there one thing you can like him for? He wants to change I, the drug I was laws. just saying, some of his ideas are good, like... He, he wants to change the drug Do you want me to give it to you or people. not? Sure. Okay. Oh, hell some no. Some of his ideas are good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh, my okay, goodness. Go ahead. I'm, I'm done. Go ahead, David. Uh, listen, I, listen, I think... Listen, Rand Paul, no question, he speaks for the Tea Party. He's a Tea Party candidate. I like some of the things that Rand Paul talks about, the abuses. You know, it's a very libertarian message, the abuses yeah. that have been taken by the federal government, especially some of these, you know, as it's coming out of the whole Ferguson piece, we're seeing some of these towns, uh, uh, it's driven by revenue and not by public safety. You know, there's that, that actually debtors' prisons exist now in the U.S., because these towns are enforcing these fines, and if you can't pay the fine, they put you in jail, which you, yep. people are losing their jobs and everything. So, I mean, yep. I like, I mean, he's even written a book about some of the abuses at the hands of the Justice Department going after people because they by mistake killed a, an animal that was on the endangered species list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so I like his libertarian message, but make no mistake about it, this guy is the Tea Party candidate. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. At the end of the day, I think he's probably uh, uh, at the top of the second tier of candidates that are running. But Not uh, according to the polls. What did you say? <laughs> not according to the polls. He's right up there. He's not yeah, second tier. Well, he's first tier. It hadn't, he's not running against anybody yet. It's just him and Cruz are the only two that are formally announced. You know, we'll see. I want to see where he is in the polls come, you know, November and December as we get closer to the Iowa caucuses, which are in February. Polls today sure. don't mean anything to me. Right. So, Keith, uh, Keith and then Aguna. Keith, what does Rand Paul's presidential, you know, aspirations and his announcements run 
really mean to the American people? Is he going to be able to weave his views into current society, especially with this Religious Reform Act? Uh, you know, that's a good question, uh, Stacy. I, I don't think that he is more or less on the religious side. Obviously, um, he's already stated, I think he said that um, social issues really aren't the uh, thing for him. That's not what he's trying to – he always seems to steer away from social issues, just like most of the uh, establishment do. Um, as far as him being uh, considered a Tea Party candidate, I, I have even my doubts about that. But, of course, if he is, and it's probably on the libertarian side, which uh, tend to not really um, – Take a moral, uh, you know, a moral stance. The moral exactly stance is right. not necessarily the libertarian stance. So he and is also his foreign policy is uh, questionable mm. because uh, right. he, his foreign policy almost tends to, uh, I don't know, support some of the things Obama does, and and uh, that's not what the conservatives talk about. You know, Ted Cruz is different, so I would go along more with Ted Cruz in any case. That's just my opinion. All right, Aguna, I mean, yeah. the question is yeah. whether or not, you know, what is really the purpose of Rand Paul starting this? I mean, no one really well, well, expects win. Right, so so there's a, so as you look at the Republican Party, you know, you have fractions within it, and you have, of course, you have the establishment Republicans from Keith's perspective, but then you have the, the more right-leaning so-called conservatives, and within that you have this libertarian component and you also have, you know, some of the more right-wingers, if you would. And Ted Cruz, and if you look at Ted Cruz and Rand Paul are kind of, are kind of battling for this far-right segment of the Republican Party. And the reason why that's so important is because during the primary, these are the ones that actually vote and actually decide what, that, what <laughs> probably the front-runner or the nominee is going to be because they, they vote in the primary, and, and it's unfortunate. And I say that unfortunate because a lot of times you saw how candidates have to pivot from the the nomination process to the general election. But if you look at Rand Paul, and, he, and as you can see, <laughs> key sentiments towards him when it comes to foreign policy, he is very, he is very. Uh, I wouldn't say anti-Israel, but he is from the, the the premise that we need to get out of the Middle East. We need to, you know, the question is, why do people in Afghanistan and Iran hate us? You know, he asks those type of questions. And he questions U.S. resolve over there from an interest perspective. When it comes to illegal immigration, and he hasn't been very vocal about this, but he is uh, of the yoke of most libertarians in which they want to streamline immigration policies and get government out of it. That's the libertarian stance of it. You know, they, if anything that government is involved with tends to be more bureaucratic, tends that lead to more waste, fraud, and abuse. So even though I love his flat tax, he's looking at a flat tax of 17%, which would take about $700 billion worth of revenue out of the out of uh, the government coffers, and they'd have to reallocate or come up with another way to take our money. But at least it starts the conversation about, you know, tax reform and, you know, streamlining government, getting rid of waste. So to Todd and I guess to Stephen's point too, you know, there's some things about him can relate to you that, that are good, but like most candidates in the field, they're going to get, they're going to get dinged on the social issues. You're not going to be conservative enough. And as soon as, you know, the media starts asking about things such as gay marriage, such as <laughs> abortion, such as women's, you know, women's issues, that, that tends to, um, derail a lot of Republican candidates because they don't have a 
uh, a legitimate response to that, a unified response to that, or a thought-out response to that, or a true response to that. So, unfortunately, with Rand Paul, I mean, I think he's going to be very instrumental in getting a message of uh, reduced big government out there, start talking about tax reform, which are issues that everyone can relate to. But on the social side, I think he's just going to go the the the, the path of many of the other candidates in which they can't articulate uh, concise messages because in order to do so, they'd have to alienate many of their base, many of the supporters. Because, because and, and this is my last point about the Ferguson issue. Ron Paul, Rand Paul was one of the few candidates that came out and was vocal about Ferguson when it came to an overreach of government to the lives of everyday Americans. However, he wasn't really as vocal as he should have been I mean, this was, this was clearly an opportunity to really show where there are some unifying factors no matter what race you are. If your state and local government isn't working on your behalf, that's a reason for alarm. He didn't really get out there like he could have, and that's because he didn't want to alienate his base because at the end of the day, he's still a politician. Well, let me just also say that Ferguson was built on a lie in the first place because uh, it really didn't happen the way the media and the way everybody twisted it to happen. And that's why I think Rand Paul probably should have been quiet. But uh, also, um, the other thing I want to mention was uh, on social issues, I think that, let me just say this, why I think it's so important that we have a candidate like Tom Ted, uh, Tom Cruise, <laughs> Ted Cruz, because uh, Ted Cruz is uh, very strong on the social issue, which I think is important. And uh, you can see that because every time the left, and this is what's happening now with Indiana and all the rest of those, those things that, it, that come up, it's always the left who seem to dominate the social issue and bring it up. And it's all throughout the media and the news. And yet, any time a Republican opens his mouth, oh, we can't talk about social issues. So this is why I think that the social issues are important. So, it drives the nation. It drives the uh, everything. It drives so what, the economy. It drives strong? the uh, you know. What it drives the culture. Strong? And we see it here what right now. What do you mean by strong? If, if you mean by strong, strong meaning saying, I, okay, I'll tell you. Strong meaning, as he has said, coming uh, right back to the founding principles of our Declaration of Independence and natural law. He is the one more apt to talk about that. The way I, the way you hear me talk about it. And that's the way I, I'm very clear about it. Of course, I'm not a candidate for anything, but I am very clear as to what the Republican idea is all about. So I say it here on the radio every week. But that's not a reflection of America's sentiment towards those issues. American wants less government involvement in their private lives, even if it's from a moral Okay, all right. So the social issue is more in government. More go- Government is in your, your face with Obamacare and every, everything else, amnesty and all the rest of that. That's government. And that's also social issues. What are you talking about? What well, he's talking are, about is why Republicans <laughs> are worried about women's vaginas. That's a personal-social-issue. Yeah, but who brings it up? We, we, no, Republicans or the Democrats? Listen, the media, listen, the liberals? Listen to what Keith, you guys we need, saying, we need to stay out of it. Give me a minute. Listen, we shouldn't stop women from having abortions. We shouldn't be concerned. Wait a minute. We shouldn't be concerned with stopping women from having abortions. I mean, what are we, monsters? How could we yeah, but who brings like it up? Who, who brings up the subject, Steve? No, no, but I'm saying, but, 
I'm saying we just need to, just to let it go. There's nothing you're going to be able to do. It's like but who brings up the subject? Who starts the subject to so, so the conversation keep, going? Keep your argument is they shouldn't we, bring we it want, up. That's not, that's not want, a solution. That's not a response. You can't just hide want, no, from the want, issue. We okay, stop. then we must respond. So, if you bring it up, I'm going to respond. Conservatives are not going to stop it. They're not going to stop abortions. The people who feel that strongly about life are not going to stop it. it, sh- it and they're not going to stop the people who are anti-abortion either. So now we have a conundrum here. We have a, uh, a war. And that's the way it is. A battle is going to stay that way then. Based on what you just said. That's a personal Because I will never give up the issue, my friends. I will never give up the issue. I'm a libertarian, but I don't believe in killing anybody that's innocent. Yeah, I believe in people doing what they want to do with their bodies and their life and everything like that. But killing something that's not you is wrong. If I kill you, it's wrong. If I kill, if I'm a woman, I kill my child, it's wrong. But Good. We I'm glad you feel that way, Steve. I'm glad you feel that way, Steve. I agree with you. Right. And that's why yeah, I stand right. against it. anybody who does kill. It no more because we're not going to win an election. The young people are, are, see, not, here's... are not going to listen. <laughs> But here's the problem. It's not about winning elections. I mean, you're you, at the end of the day, you got to stand on your on your morals or whatever. But at the end of the day, you have to reflect what the general population is looking for. So it's not to that's say that I'm so pro-abortion as much as it is. I think that's a personal, as someone's individual right to choose. That's what, and that's they what have I'm saying. To them, that's what I'm saying. And if that happens. But see, there's but, no response. There's no response to that from the far right. It's a yeah. we're going to stop it. And I, you know what? I agree, Aguna, I agree with you on that. But you just said that you have to look. You have to go with reflect with what the nation. Uh, so my point is this: if the nation is reflecting death, same-sex marriage, and all of the rest of that, then so let the establishment go that direction. But I will not. I will not reflect it. Just because I believe the whole nation is reflecting it, which I don't believe that. But, but here's, here's the problem. thing. I mean, there's what you the feel, only... and it's what is legislatively plausible. And I think that, you know, a lot of times, especially the conservatives on the far right, if this per, if this candidate is not 100% conservative, I mean, would you rather a person who's 0% conservative or 50% conservative? I mean, which I'd one rather 70 you, or 80% conservative. So you, you look at... But at the end of the day, what about that 25% they're not conservative on? Well, yeah, then yeah, that's so 25% that, that will just conservative. have to uh, go along with the uh, 70 or 80% that are. Because I believe the majority of Americans are more conservative. But then you lose. They just but don't then you vote. Lose, and then everything else that's important to you, everything else that's important to you, we, that means you're compromising we, your we don't have any power. No, I'm not compromising because during the 2012, it was already reported that 2012 election um, and tw- and 08, uh, most conservative uh, Christians or say the religious uh, groups, they stayed home. Right, they no, did not there. vote because and they didn't like Romney right. and they didn't like uh, McCain. And those were and those were states that went Republican anyway, though. Yeah, the but, they, but I'm just talking about I mean, the voting uh, class. I think we have more Christians. We have enough Christians and enough people who are religious to uh, to actually agree with that if they knew but, and understand I mean, those principles. But you're throwing you're put you're putting out a misnomer there because if you have to look at the battleground states and those states that Romney or McCain carried, they were going to go Republican regardless of whether conservatives voted or not. Okay, the battleground yeah. states like a Virginia possibly or Florida. Right. 
Ohio. Well, bottom, those well, bottom line is, okay, if bottom line is this. I don't want to keep on going on this because we'll never agree on certain things, but I just want to say that um, as my duty as a Christian, conservative, uh, Republican, I will do my duty as if I'm doing my duty to God. That's why I speak the way I do, and I'll not stop. Now, I try to convince people, but I can't make people do anything. But I'll never stop uh, my soapbox. I'll never get off my soapbox and okay, talking right. about conservative. Uh, and you're, you're willing to use big government in order to enforce that? No, I don't need big government. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about the Iran deal that has been overshadowed by how the Russians hacked the White House computer system. But more importantly, um, a according to the Post and Courier, a white North Charleston police officer was arrested on a murder charge, and the FBI opened a civil rights investigation today after video of the law, of the uh, police officer shooting eight times a 50-year-old black man as he ran away. Walter L. Scott died Saturday after patrolman first class Michael P. Slagger, 33, shot him in the back. And I don't know if any of you all saw the video. We know Aguna has talked yeah. in South Carolina. I don't know if you heard anything. Yeah, of course I have. That gentleman um, running, it, and then the police officer handcuffs him, and he died on the ground. Someone happened. I'm so right, glad but, someone took a video of that. Right. And well, I will say and, this. Oh, go, go ahead, Todd. Go no, ahead. you go ahead. You go. No, well, but I, I don't know the details. I, I saw the headlines. I haven't gotten into the details. I do have ties to, you know, in particular Charleston, South Carolina, and, and, and some various law enforcement agencies there. And I will say this. It's not, I mean, even though, you know, in the age of social media, a lot of things, news travels fast, the images out there. But I will tell you that, especially down in Charleston, where, you know, where, you know, there are a lot of good policemen, there are a lot of law enforcement officers are putting themselves in harm's way every day. And I think because of Ferguson, there's been a heightened sense of awareness around law enforcement. And we just have to be careful around. I mean, if you look at some of the are crimes that happen. Are you kidding me? Violent... No, I'm not, I'm not just, see, and this is why we can't even oh have a conversation Lord. around this stuff. I mean, we, we, I'm just telling you, and I'm not justifying the cop act actually you... by any means. But I'm just saying, we just it need to. It sounds like it. Me. <laughs> so every time, so but see, here this is when people come back and they say, you know, there are a lot of it, it's a lot of violent crimes in Charleston. Now I know we hold our law enforcement officials to a higher standard. I get that, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that we have not seen as a public and as a nation that these guys are dealing with. So I don't know the details, and I don't want to rush the judgment because a lot of things. And there's been incidents that have occurred down in Charleston in which, you know, law enforcement weren't in the right, but because of the media and everything rushing to judgment, things came out differently. No, I don't know what cases you're talking about, but this is the same South Carolina that shot another black boy at the gas station when the police told him, say what? I, I, I'm aware of that incident too, Todd. But I mean, okay. we, we don't discuss. I mean, okay. Well, I'm gonna let you get on your soapbox. But I know there's a lot of yeah. Let me get up there. Yeah. Let me get on the soapbox. That we know. That we. Okay. Well, all right. Go ahead, Todd. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, um, these police officers, and it, it's it's astounding to me that 
people like Aguna, who has a black child, a son no less, oh, boy. can feel that way. All oh, their great <laughs> guys don't talk about the two that did the bad things. You are baffling to me. White children are not <laughs> dying in droves. They're Negro children. And so when when this is happening and you can say, well, the cops do great work and they're put in harm's way, wait a minute. They signed on for issue. that job. Huh? I think it's a they signed issue on just... for the job. They knew what they were getting If you ever get in trouble, don't call the cops, please. I'll call anybody I want if I'm paying for it. Please. Bye, Felicia. So, so you're saying Back to so, you, Aguna. Well, so <laughs> you're saying two different things then, Todd. So at one point, yeah, you know, I do have a black son. I do have black children, and I want them to yes. grow up in a safe environment. But I yes. also know that in this environment, they're going to have to at one point deal with law enforcement. If it's a, if I teach them, yes. and it, that, that comes into a, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't trust the police, but you're going to have any, any good, but guess who's keeping the bad guys from coming in your house right now Ooh. and taking everything you own? The police. Who's keeping law the guy, enforcement. The, the guys from doing that? No, and, and Keith would say he's and keeping them from no. coming in his house. Keith don't call him, Todd. You know, don't call him. They so, might mistake you for the bad guy because you're black. I'll call anybody I'm paying. <laughs> but, Todd, so, because you're black, it might be work against you, don't you think? Yeah. Aren't the odds anyway, that way? And the sad part about this, yeah, I, to even have a conversation around this, you got you got to feel as if you're defending the cops or you're being a sellout. But at the end no, of the no, day, no, 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 you have to admit the truth that some cops are hoodlums with badges, and that's sure. all they are. That's, and that's so true. it's okay. those who we want to get rid of. And right. that's what you guys we all want to bandwagon. Get rid of the but bad cops. Like me, Get rid of the bad cops. Every time this kind of thing happens, you sit somehow maneuver your way over to the other side, just like when the little boy got shot. <laughs> you just don't know both stories. You got to hear both sides. Just like when the little boy got shot. There's two sides to every story. And I think he doesn't get Wait till the evidence comes up. That's all I said. That's all I said, Stephen. I mean, let's, right. let's understand what happened. Yes, just wait and for the then evidence you to say, come You've got to be careful on whose side you're on. you got to be careful when the black people are raising their fists. Uh, I'm unarmed. Don't shoot. you got to be careful siding with Are you nuts? It wasn't just for that one black boy that was killed. It's for the thousands who are innocent and killed. Okay. Now, we must uh, say that. This gentleman was not, um, he was being arrested for a warrant for uh, back child support. So, uh, Stephen, and then David, how can we talk to the fact that these cops, regardless of race, are just taking their guns down the street and they know the man is unarmed and he's running? Why would that police officer shoot at him regardless, regardless of race? You just uh, nullified your whole point, regardless of race. <laughs> what are you talking about? Wake up, Republican. It's because of race is why that was done. Ding dong. <laughs> can, I, can I respond? If, if ahead, I was a policeman today, if I was a policeman today, I would let somebody 
uh, African-American, black, whatever, shoot me maybe twice before I would shoot them. Wow. Because you're Good. just asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble. Good. You see, uh, you you see how well, if that not statement armed, was, not armed, that a black If they're not black. armed and they haven't shot you, you better take your time with them. Because it's, you're darn it's, right. It's, that's it's, your job. Them with right. a badge. You know, a white boy. If you're shooting at me, I'm going to have a vest on. If you're shooting at me, look, if you're shooting at me, I'm going to have a vest on. I'll take a couple shots. I may die, I may not die. But then I'm going to shoot you with every bullet I have. It's all nice to have feedback. I love it. The comment is here's the issue right now. The, the guy was in custody. The, the police officer had the guy in custody. He broke loose no, and he ran. Didn't. And it, he well, he ran. I don't know anything about this case. I don't know. He, 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 he was in custody. What happened? He, he, what happened was. Go ahead, go ahead Ty. I think He had a warrant. What? So he had a warrant, and the okay, police officer so grabbed what? him. Okay. Yes. So it's not like And he started running. Okay. Slow down, Stephen. So the guy. The man had his taser out, because, and he had tased somebody before. And he hit the gun out of his hand, turned around, and started running. The guy did. And he Why started did he do running. That? He was asking Why? To because, slow down, and I'll answer. You don't, Why? Most, you because don't, you don't, he no, wanted don't do to. He didn't want to go to jail. And so he, he started running. Now, when but white boys run, police chase them on their feet and tackle them to the ground. When you black don't boys run, the cops they get hands. shot they frown in the back. Upon that, Did you notice know it's against that. the law to shoot an unarmed man in the back? Did you it's know that? It's bad to do that, but he shouldn't have confronted like that. He should have just went through with whatever he had to go through, and he would be alive Anyway, today. I'm he not shot him eight right times in the him. back. And that I understand that. That's he nasty. He brought yeah. up on murder charges and could get the death penalty. It's and nasty, so when you turn around and say something as you. ridiculous as, I would let a black guy shoot me 17 times before I shoot him, you sound <laughs> no, just I was making, crazy a, I was making a, a good point. But you, it, it, it fell deaf on your ears. I was making a good point. But if that guy was combative, okay, he, he gets what's coming to him. And that's the messed up part. Yes. I mean, he ran. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, so what he ran. My question so is, you trying to make that an issue? We can't, we can't, look, I'm not, we can't there's two sides to every white boy can, but you can't. Ooh, ooh. No, white boy can't knock the gun out of a man's hand. What white boy are you talking about, Ty? We're talking about oh, this incident. Why? It's a stick man argument. It's a stick man. A, a lot of people <laughs> have enough sense. I got to get David Bird in here.
you, you, number one, you have much more of a diversity piece, but you also institute the cameras, the body cameras on this guy, so we can see exactly what is going on. These cameras, and, 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 and here's number three, what you do, and I think this is something that we should be doing. We should be, we should be equipping citizens, training our citizens, uh, uh, showing people how they can go out there and train citizens in the community on how to use these cameras, how to use their cell phones so they can capture much more of these stops and the actions of these police officers. Because if it wasn't for these amateur photographers, these people on their cell phones, a lot of this stuff that we've known that's been going on for years, for years, we wouldn't have been able to have been known. Nobody would ever would have believed Rodney King if it wasn't for that, that videotape oh, that showed yeah. that police officer beating him on the side of that road. Yeah, and uh, they didn't believe so, it even when they saw it. They, right. they still didn't believe it. They were found not guilty. That's right. So... <laughs> So they would have believed. They would have believed him without the video. They would have believed him. I totally disagree because look at his wounds he had. They would have believed that he got beat up by the, the police. The jury found those men not guilty, Stephen. Remember? Yeah, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, they didn't need the video. And in a in a real case, they would have came out the way it should have, with the video or without. They they would have found the cops guilty because of the, the beating that he took. Stephen. But see, here's the thing: as, as a community, as a community, as an African American community, part of the argument has to be about citizenship and how to engage. Not yeah, like don't do anything wrong. Other. No, yeah, it's not about right. that. But yeah, for I some reason, we, you know, back in the day, if you're talking about civil rights, where we, the law enforcement was a long arm of the society that oppressed us, yeah. we had to police yeah. ourselves. And that still holds true today. We have to, to police ourselves. We have to engage our community to be more active and to engage law enforcement so that it's not acceptable behavior to fight cops. And the, I mean, when you're out there on the street and engaging an officer, even right. though it, it, it's different, see, the, the officer has a Even right though he to, pulled you over for nothing and, and got you frisked for in nothing. But I understand that. I understand there there's bad mm-hmm. cops out there, but there's certain ways in which you file complaints in which it. you engage civically. Right. You don't engage that officer on the the street. I mean, the officers are there to serve to the better good. Now, what that better good is defined by why he's pulling you over and all these other things. Now, if uh, yeah. even though that can be susceptible or speculative, whatever, at the end of the day, the average American citizen, I'm just saying on average, mm-hmm. yeah. And when you're engaging a law enforcement officer, usually because you're speeding or usually because there's something going on or you're in an area no, or something, there's something around that. And it, 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 no, I'm you're in the bad, in wrong place at the wrong time. Let me just also say, uh, Aguna, I agree with you 100%. Let me just add to what you, you said, would. what you just said, and tell you why <laughs> I think that social issues dealing with a moral construct as our defense, that's why we need a moral standard that we all can anyway. abide by. Rosa Parks broke the law. You see, so when you're talking about breaking law, oh, you got to watch it because she knew it was wrong. And was like, the law that Rosa Parks broke? Uh, was that a moral law or was that a, was that a higher standard? Because I am in the an expensive no. car in a nice neighborhood. Well, a well, white cop moves me over. I know better because I'm not speeding. And I'm thinking, problem, what is happening see, here? Why are you pulling see, me over? See, I'll try and miss the whole point of what I said. Yeah, he missed the point. Now you're provoking him. He did, he did miss your point. 
But even if yeah, we're he, he'll miss it all the time. In North Charleston, we're talking about this incident where this officer engaged this individual. He had a warrant. He ran from the officer. Now, exactly. did the officer use excessive force? Yes, he did. I, I mean, he's being charged for murder, oh so gosh. it is that question. Really? But if we look at really? the incident, but to Stephen's point, had he cooperated no. with the officer? They, I don't see, care. That's not say. real life. Why are you oh, pretending like so you wouldn't you have cooperated? You'd have done the same damn thing. Then you'll survive. You, would, That's what Keith would say, but it's crazy stuff. You would do the same thing that the guy did, huh? Okay, we're out of time. I'm sorry, we're out of time. I would have to do our roundtable. My question, let's start with Keith, is what would you rather talk about, the Iran deal or the hackers, the Russian hackers, just as just for you, Keith, the Russian hackers into White House? Which one would you rather me discuss with you? Russian hackers? Ah, well, is there anything else but that? What is the other choice? The Iran deal, the deal the president made with Iran? Oh, man. I don't like either one of them. But anyway. What about the Freedom freedom Act? Just skip your roundtable then. Say again. What did you say? The Religious Freedom Act, the law that was passed in Indiana and Arizona. The Religious Ah, Freedom Act. Yeah. All right. Yeah, those laws, uh, yeah, those laws were not really necessary. But uh, since they were passed, I mean, I'm not against the laws. I think those laws were good laws, even though they really weren't necessary if we would actually follow a moral construct of our Declaration principle. Because that moral construct, which uh, is reflected in the First Amendment, says that, you know, that uh, governments can't intrude upon religious conscience. In other words, it's not government here, but if an individual says, Hey, bake a cake for me. I want to marry another man. If I say that, and the person says, "Well, I'm sorry, I don't partake in that. That's not a part of, not uh, according to my conscience," then I should accept it and move on to the next, uh, you know, uh, cake baker. I don't have to make not trouble when with that, that person. That cake baker is only interested in men's penises. Something tells me something's <laughs> wrong with that cake maker because oh. he didn't ask. Hey, are you a liar? Are you a cheat? Are you an adulterer? Are you, does, he, does he figure all those things out, or is he stuck on gays? So that right. cake baker was the only cake baker in the city or in town oh, you won't that could bake a that. cake. So I that guess is the most foolish thing you ever said, my friend. But anyway, um, that, all you do is go to the next store, I mean, that's all. So I would say that uh, that law in Indiana, although it's a good law because it only gives the uh, cake baker the right to go in court and have standing. It doesn't say anything about gays and homosexuals and LGBTs and all those people. It talks about an individual's right of conscience, which is our most sacred right, which is why we cannot cannot ignore the social issues, because this is a strong social issue. All right. Thank you. Stephen, which would you prefer to discuss tonight? Can I mix it up just a little bit? Stacey, yeah, Mix it up, Stephen. <laughs> Thank you. If the state says gay marriage is okay, then gay marriage is okay. And if the state says abortion is okay, gay marriage, whatever it is, then it's okay. And then you have to go by, you have to give Caesar what is Caesar's. And I believe in states' rights. And I, I think that's what this, this, this whole country is made up of, 50 states that can each have their own rights. I like that. 
and let them do this shit. If you don't like it, move somewhere else that, that, that appeals to you more and help their economy. I like that a lot. And if somebody yeah, comes in and, and they tell so them, go back I to want Africa. You to make me a cake. If I want you to make me a cake, then I want you to make me a cake. Who, who is holier than thou that they can't make somebody a cake for their wedding? Are you kidding me? Well, I don't well, agree with my wedding, my friend. That's totally different. If they're gay, that's think. totally different. Now, if they're a murderer or a liar or a cheat or a thief, that's all well, right. Yeah, I agree mm-hmm. with you. I agree with you. I think it's so stupid, and I think it's a non-issue, and I think we need to get off of it. I don't think it's a social issue that's going to help the Republican Party, like abortion. I don't agree with it. I am 100% all lives matter to me. I'm anti-abortion, anti-war, anti-killing, anti-all. I don't agree with any. I don't want any of that. And I, I believe if, if the states have to do what they have to do. And the other thing I am um, going to speak Except of when it comes Obama's, to Iran and Iraq, you want war there, though, right? I don't want war there. I don't want war there at all. I want Iran to say, the Ayatollah, to say, I do not want to destroy Israel or the United States. And I want, well, he's not going to say ISIS, that, so you want to go to war with them? I want them? ISIS to stop killing Christians and Muslims and Jews all over the place. I want these people to respect life like I respect life. Well, they're not life. going to, so do you want to go to war with them? The Obama deal is for Obama. It's part of his legacy, and it means nothing. It's a sad joke for the United States and for Israel. It's long, but it's what What happened to my own said the other day, Wait a minute. In an interview, he said the other day, it may not. It may not add up to a. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. It may not add up to anything. It may not be a good deal after all. It may not be. But at least it's something. But he admitted that it's a joke. He admitted it. It is a joke. Oh, he just Lord. wants something to say. I did something here. I've made something happen. I got to deal with these people. That's all it is. It's for him. It's, Girl, for it's true. It's real. I'm not. I'm not lying to you. I'm telling you the truth. Okay, thank We're you. Good to have Steve back. <laughs> um, uh, no, 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 sorry. We have to move on. David. Same to you. You can uh, discuss this for. What? Same question to you. Which would you like to discuss? The Russian uh, tagging? I, like, I, would, I, would, I would like to discuss none of that. Instead, what I would like to discuss in my end of the round table would be, listen, on, you know, on Sunday, it was Resurrection Sunday, the slate was wiped clean for all of us. So let's strive for reconciliation with those that we don't agree with, we don't like, we don't care for. But the slate, the slate has been wiped clean for all of us, for me and you, Cousin Todd, Keith, Aguna. And let's strive to what I admire about South Africa was that in spite of the horrific things that went on there with apartheid, at least they had a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to at least put the truth out there and reconcile. The problems that we have had here is because, even though the truth has been out, we have never, we have never made an honest effort to reconcile. That's what Dr. King was about. He was about reconciliation because he knew that He knew the truth about all men are brothers. And as we learn more and more about DNA, we learn more, as there was a a thing at the National Archives last week about about the prevalence of black people passing as white as as 
as people who are related to each other, slave masters and slaves, we are each other's brother, each other's keeper. So the theme for me, the discussion, is about the slate is wiped clean. I'm sorry, did David just imply a moral moral standard for social issues? I'm sorry. No, I implied a moral construct. Oh, but that's not allowed, David. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, David. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just touch briefly on the Iran the Iran issue because I know, you know, but no matter what, I mean, I, I'm sure politicians have their ways of, of doing things, so I, I understand what Stephen is saying about Obama legacy, whatever. At the end of the day, the U.S. in general has to bring Iran to the table. I, mean, I think the other option is just to bomb them and destroy them. I mean, at that point, and even if you do that, I think that empowers the, the um, it empowers and the, the third uh, the option is administration to mind your own there. Well, the third option is to mind your own business, but at the end of the day, I mean, that you have to. <laughs> I mean, I think what the president is doing by engaging them is pseudo minding their own business because I I think at the end of the day the sanctions and the negotiation unless they're talking about total dismantlement of the nuclear program which they're talking about different ways in which in order to do that to make the uranium less you know less likely to be developed into a nuclear warhead whereas you know at the end of the day Iran Iran's nuclear program is very it's, it's maybe a six months to a year away whereas this negotiations would push that back another five years. And, you know, so if you bomb them, they're just going to speed that up. And if you impose more sanctions on them, they're just going to find ways to negotiate with the Chinese and Russians to get the money. So we're not really bargaining from a position of power unless we want to go to war. And I don't think anyone in this country wants to go to, our, to war with Iran because you can't just bomb them. You see with ISIS, you, if you bomb, I, I mean, bombing... You know, this is not the 80s in which you, a bombing campaign will scare somebody into negotiation. These people don't care. <laughs> you can bomb them if you want to. So, Aduna, aren't most have, people who are victims of bullying um, mining, just minding their own business? What are you talking about, Keith? Well, something <laughs> that Todd said earlier in your statement, he said he interrupted and said, uh, mining your own business. And then you said, yeah, mining your own business. I, I just wondered. That's all. Well, so, and I'm not again. I'm not for minding our own business. I, I think we need to at least facilitate some discussion around it. Now, I do think Arab countries need to take the initiative to engage each other and to come to resolution about a lot of the stuff that's going on over there. Because I think that's all it is is a power struggle in the region. And I think by bombing Iran, I mean we would only empower them because they're the administration there would be emboldened by the fact that they see we told you we need a nuclear weapon because look, America's bombing us. So any moderates in the country would, would immediately be evaporated because we attacked them. So we have to show where our democracy is better than their oligarchy or theocracy or whatever they got over there, you know. So I think... So do you believe uh, we, when they we said we, we'd like to wipe them off the face of the earth, meaning Israel and the United States, you think that's a, a fact they, that they, they didn't mean? didn't say that about the United States. And if you look at the quote, of course you know, not, but they, they, they were misquoted. And think about that. Think about what you're saying. So that again, it's about power to them. Whoever's in power over there, you think that they would really be able to maintain their power by going to war with the United States? No, they're about maintaining their power. So even if they were about to Israel, say that, all right. So take off United States. How about Israel? Even if they were to, even if they were to attack Israel, 
why would they attack Israel knowing that they would be destroyed themselves? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I mean, we we assume as Americans that we that the the same suicide bombers that are running around in the streets are running the Iran. They're not. They want to be in power. They care about their money. You know, they, and, we, and it's just not this suicide bomber that just wants to go over there and blow up Israel at their at their own destruction as well. So that being said. You know, they're all yeah, that, to those are little bombs with no money or anything. They're, they're not in power at all. They're bombs. The same with North Korea. The North Korean regime wants to stay in power. So going to war with anybody, they, they don't want power. Aguna, it's not Russia. It's not China. They don't want their power. They want to fulfill the doctrine. They want to fulfill what they need to do. No, 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 no. And, yeah, and see, that's yes. the problem. I think, they said they're going to wipe out yeah, Israel. That, that's what propaganda says. That's what our propaganda wants. It's not propaganda. I mean, it came out of a man's mouth. It's not. If it's propaganda, if I make it Thank up, you, Stephen. If I make a story, it came out of a man's mouth. And it has thank you, Stephen. Google, I'll go, want, Google what he propaganda. said. And again, and again, he did, he, he, that was a misquote. And I researched it. You know, that's, you know, again, all these years, we've had hard stances with Iran, and where has it gotten us? They're, at the end of the day, they're going to develop what they want to develop. And in we fact, by going into Iraq, we empowered what they Iran to develop more. because of Obama's deal. That's what no, they're going to do. No, no, yes. not at all. Not at yes. all. The yes, alternative is what, Stephen, what should, I, what should Obama do then? What's the alternative? You'll never get an answer. More sanctions. More sanctions. They have to get harder. That's what they, that's what you do. You get harder on them. How do you get harder? And you know what? When they're when they're when they when they how when do the people, you get harder? There's when no the people stood the up, they, they, when the people of Iran stood up and said, We don't want to take this from our government anymore, from the Ayatollah, when the people stood up, we did nothing. That's what you did. When their people stand up, we go right down, but we didn't do it. But Why if didn't we, we do but it? if you know see I, I hear what you're saying, Stephen, but, again, if we bomb them, those same people that, that stood up will go to their side. No, I mean, you have to negotiate. I know a lot of Iranian people. They're good people. They're good people that want to get from underneath that, that oppression that they're under. They don't want it anymore. So when they stood up, we didn't stand with them. That's what we need to do. That's because, we need look, to those same hardliners. At the end okay, of the day, we got to wrap it up. I'm sorry. Um, cousin right, Tom. Well, now you don't have you any time. Go ahead, you got no time. Okay. You got one minute. Oh, one minute. Okay. <clears throat> then I will change the subject and ask a question. How oh, many of you God. think the NBA could use a female coach? Do you think it should happen, could happen, will ever happen, or already has happened? Or would that I be a distraction? I think it will happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Qualified. Anybody else? Yeah, the, the, what about the woman that, what is it, UConn, that wins every year or whatever? Aren't they good coaches okay, that could so, do it, Todd? So you, you're not opposed to women uh, coaching men's basketball? Not at no. all. NBA. Why? Okay. Why? If they're qualified, they can do it. Okay. What does uh, he think? What do I think of what? Never Women. Mind. So what, what? anyway, Aguna, what do you think? Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's you know I'm okay with that. And not I can answer for Keith. I can answer for Keith. 
as long as you're not in the military serving on the front line. <laughs> well, well let's put it military. this way. I wouldn't want my daughter serving on the front line of the military. That's me. Neither would I. Neither would I. No, you wouldn't have your children even in the military, just like you weren't in the military, but you're all uh, I, I would not. Thank you, Aguna. You're a decent Aguna, you're a decent father. You're a good man. <laughs> okay, we're out. Right. Okay, I'm done. We'd like to say happy birthday to our family. Happy birthday to our Facebook friends, Joey Kinley, Leslie Moore, and our webmaster, Frank Mark Bright. Happy birthday. To our first responders in our community, thank you. You make our lives livable. To our women and men of the U.S. military for all that you do and sacrificing your lives so that we are free to say what we choose to on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. On behalf of Aguna, the Nigerian moderate Republican Keith, the constitutional conservative Stephen, David from Bird's Eye Government Consulting, and my cousin Todd, I'm Stacey Johnson. Let's keep this conversation going on Twitter and Facebook at Sporlatix. Good night. We'll see you next week.